You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their up y'all welcome on into the go balls 24 7 podcast west rucker coming to you from fort rucker studio here on a beautiful monday afternoon in god's own knoxville tennessee and as you can tell by the truncated version we got a breaking news edition of the go balls 24 7 podcast and it's monday of the first game week for the tennessee football team so you know what that means the two words that uh that, that coaches hate and everyone else loves to discuss and that is depth chart. Tennessee has released a depth chart for Thursday's opener against Ball State at Neyland Stadium. And to, dis- to discuss that with me, we're going to go over to that uh, undisclosed location, get to the one and the only Patrick Brown. Pat, Tennessee released a depth chart, and I can't say there were too many shocking things on it. Maybe a few surprises. Yeah, well, that's uh, maybe more ors than I thought there would be. That's always He's always the most popular guy um, yeah. on, on, on these depth charts. Yeah. Uh, I haven't gone and counted them up though so maybe i can do that real fast yeah i'll do, do that. that one two three Mad. four five six seven seven eight, 17 eight, is what i have 11, 12 13 14 15 i have 16 so it's either 16 or 17 probably 17 i'm going to give you the benefit of that on that one because <laughs> i don't think i'm a very smart guy but we're going to break this down and discuss probably uh offense first segment and then we'll do defense and specialists in the second segment and on Tennessee's offense, let's see, of all those oars, there were only three uh, that were listed uh, of those of those 11 or 12 positions. And I can't say in terms of the first-teamers. And I can't say in any of those are a surprise, Pat. you got tight end, Fanton Warren. We kind of figured that would be an oar. Left tackle, Jeremiah Crawford and Gerald Mincy, with Mincy listed first uh, with an oar there. And then at wide receiver, Brew McCoy, and uh, Walker Merrill listed as an or there. I don't think any of those are big surprises. No, Wes, I, I think the, uh, you know, we, we've heard from coaches, whether it be Alex Golish or Josh Heupel, that, that Mincy and Crawford were going to be sort of auditioning for that job at left tackle, um, that both would play in the opener. I think that makes sense with both those guys being inexperienced. You want to see how they respond in a game, sort of as we've talked about. So, uh, whether they do two series for one, two series for the next, whether they go by quarter, uh, whether they just alternate each series, I don't. There could be a few, couple different ways they go about that, um, but uh, certainly it's a big audition for those guys. Uh, and, and then with Fant and Warren, they've kind of been the the tandem there for for a while. It was a pretty even timeshare in terms of the playing time with them last season, and, and it could be the same as well. You could see them on the field maybe together, maybe more, um, but we'll see. Uh, and with McCoy and Merrill, I, I think I, I think McCoy will be the starter. I think Merrill's going to play. Um, but certainly with with Drew McCoy getting cleared on Friday of last week, I, I think we've we've pretty in, we've all indicated that he was likely going to be the starter yeah, uh, at that position, yeah, and and it so. may not guarantee that he plays every snap. And, and that's the thing about these depth charts is you know, they're going to rotate more. I think especially especially on defense, but. Um, but yeah, that, those are the three oars with, in terms of the starting lineup that, um, as you mentioned, weren't really a, a huge shock. 
Yeah, I've heard maybe a, a little bit more today that there's a chance that Merrill technically runs out there first. I still think it'll be McCoy, but I heard just enough on Monday to make me say, hmm, I'm not positive about that. But I think it'll be McCoy going out there first. Either way, they're both going to play a significant number of snaps, assuming they're both healthy and all that. Uh, at left tackle, there's no real surprise there. It's I don't know if they're going to – you know, I think Harbaugh at Michigan did something interesting with the quarterback saying this guy's going to start game one, this guy's going to start game two. What happens if the guy who starts game one goes like 25 of 29 for 390 yards and four touchdowns? Well, we've already said this other guy's going to start game two, so good luck. You know, I, I don't know. He's playing he, chess, not checkers. Yeah, I think he might be playing uh, – he might be at Cracker Barrel playing checkers. I'm not really sure exactly that, that that's the best way to go about that. Of course, I say that his house is a lot bigger than mine, so so let's let's give him some credit on that one. The rest of the starting lineup on offense, no major, no no surprises there. Uh, you got left guard Carvin, center Cooper Mays, right guard Javante Spragans, right tackle Darnell Wright, uh, slot wide receiver would be Jalen Hyatt, uh, Cedric Tillman out there as another wide receiver at quarterback Hendon Hooker, and running back Jabari Small. So before we get into a couple of the, maybe the, the slightly surprising things when it gets to the twos and threes, I think for the starters, that's about what most of us expected. Yeah. The other thing that jumps out to me on the offensive side is we heard Alex Golish mention last week that uh, they felt comfortable playing seven to eight wide receiver as well. There's eight of them listed here uh, yeah. in, in terms of the starters. We mentioned Jimmy Calloway and squirrel white in the slot and then Ramel Keaton and Jimmy holiday as well on the outside. So uh, none of those names are surprising. Uh, I think, as I said on the podcast, we did released on, what day is it? Monday morning. Um, that number is probably going to go down. I think as the season goes on. Yeah. Uh, the other one, that, the other spots that are maybe a little bit more interesting are, are running back. Yeah. I, I think you could see Dylan Sampson maybe sooner um, than than him being third and bracketed with Justin Williams Thomas would might indicate. Just because I don't think they're going to throw Jalen right out there for thirty snaps uh, on, on any opener. Uh, ideally. If, if you're Tennessee, you get all those guys some some quality reps because those freshmen need some some they need some snaps under lights too, and you also want to get right some 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 contact because he hasn't really had very much uh, in the preseason and working his way back from the injury. I'm also curious to see what happens on the offensive line um, and who the next man up would be um, because I think I think that may be that may be a little less rigid than maybe the depth chart says it would be. Yeah, I think there there's. I think there's a lot of fluidity there. I think guys like, you know, Dane Davis certainly has has sprinkled in some at, at guard, and he's also played uh, obviously primarily tackle in his career. His size is, is about what you would expect at six seven three twenty five. You don't see a lot of, you don't see too many guards around that size. But yeah, I mean, at that point, is do they just plug in Ollie Lane and then move some guys around? Do they, you know, I, I was a little bit surprised to see the backup center was Addison Nichols or Parker Ball. I don't know that – and that's absolutely no offense to Parker Ball, who I think is a good walk-on. He's been there well, for a long time. But I was a little bit surprised to see that. Well, that, that's what I, that's exactly the example I'm talking about. I'm actually looking at the depth chart they released for Bowling Green last year. Uh, and they had Ollie Lane list, bracketed with Ball as the backup center. And then three series into the game, it was Carvin sliding over to center and Ball and – excuse me, Lane going in at left guard. He wasn't even listed there. So that's the – and the offensive line, if a guy goes down, you're not going to plug in your backup at that position necessarily. You're going to plug in your next best guy. Who that is, I don't know. I guess by default, it's probably Lane, at least on the interior, just because you know he, he started, I think, five games last season and should be better for it. Um, 
I, I think at tackle, I think we know the pecking order there. It's it's Darnell Wright, it's the two left tackles, and then Dane Davis can be the swing guy at either one of those spots. But um, you know, I, I think if something happened to both Mincier and Crawford, that they might kick right back over to left and put yes. Dane Davis at tackle. But that's you know that's that's on down the contingency plans. So um, that yeah, those, those are the two positions that that. The depth is still, I think, to be sorted out. And, and if you're Tennessee, you're hoping you don't really have to find that out. You're hoping you could just roll with your one offensive line with those two guys rotating left, get a big lead, and then plug the twos in and see what, what some of those backups can do. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised like you were with running back because I, I think I, I, the question was always going to be, would Jalen Wright get enough time once he came back from that quad injury to, to be listed technically as the number two on the depth chart. And, and again, this is a piece of paper. This is not necessarily what Tennessee's coaches have on their, on their Friday night lights, like magnetic board or whatever that they're using. It's probably digital now, but still like they're not, they're, they're, they're not, this is what they give us. It's not like, this is not like the hard and fast. We're not getting like specifics on here, but I do think it's interesting um, because Wright is a guy who I've heard had a really, really, really good offseason, but then he goes into camp with the with that injury, isn't able to do much. I thought they might have Jabari Small and then just list uh, the other three all as ors behind him. I thought is what they might do, but that triple or yeah, I thought I, I've seen it before. I've seen it before. Uh, remember, these are organizational <laughs> charts, right? They call them depth charts, but some people call them organizational charts. I did say we were going to discuss specialists in the. Uh, second segment, but I think because of time, I think it's probably better to go ahead and squeeze them into the first segment, actually. Uh, not a lot of surprises there. Uh, we've said before, that, and Pat's been on the banging the drum for this, that Jimmy Holiday needs to be the kick returner. He will be. Uh, He's the only one listed, which is surprising. A lot of times you see teams list two because of two guys back there. But. Yeah, because you know you got to kick it left or kick it right, depending on what you what you got set up there. At punt returner, it's D. Williams or Trayvon Flowers. My thought might be maybe Trayvon Flowers is the uh, safety uh, catch it inside the 10 or, or, or 15 kind of guy, and then D. Williams is the open field guy. That would be my or, thought, but that's just a guess. It could be like punt safe guy too because yeah. Flowers is going to be on the field if they're in punt safe. you know. And, and a lot of times you, you go into that when the other team is past 50, right? Yep. Because yep. that's when maybe a fake is you, you think it's coming. Yeah, um, and it's one of those deals it, if, they, if, if they pin you at the 8 or the 7 or the 5, I mean, that's what they do. You know. Right, and and I think we mentioned this in a, in a previous podcast. But if, if Tennessee does want a guy who can strike up Rocky Top, like Mike Eckler said, D. Williams has got some return ability. He, he built up some, he had some uh, big returns in junior college, and that was a position. I know when I talked to him way back in January that he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to be gunning for those jobs." So um, that'd be a good chance for him to help uh, in special teams. And yeah, I think Holiday was was a guy. I, I, I think is a natural for a kick returner. None of the other the specialists are no no real surprise there. I maybe only that Paxton Brooks is listed as the kickoff guy. Yeah, because that's what I was going to mention. Because I think because I think last year he he started the year as the kickoff guy, but then he got hurt, and so he could punt, but he they didn't want him to punt and kick off. They didn't talk about that injury much, but he was dinged up, and so that's why Colby. I'm sorry, that's why Toby Wilson did the kickoffs, but now it looks like it's back to Brooks. Yeah, and when we talked to Brooks in the spring. He mentioned that there's. We're getting into the real nitty gritty here, but we, as a kicker, there's different muscles that you use in your leg to kick off versus to punt. So that's why he was able to do one, but not the other. A lot of people think, well, if your legs hurt, your legs hurt. Um, <laughs> but uh, Paxton said he was going to be gunning for that job um, to get it back. So, uh, but you know, I think Toby Wilson did a good job 
down the stretch last season with, with that in that role. So he's got a couple of guys there that, that they can uh, that they can lean on. But uh, but yeah. The only other note that I have that I should have mentioned with the offense before we go to break here is it's interesting that that again Jimmy Callaway continues every time we hear his name to be talked about as someone who's not consistent enough, but we all know the dynamic athleticism he has and he and squirrel white there listed as, as backups in the slot. Uh, there's a lot of boomer bust there in those two guys. There's a lot of dynamic speed, um, but also enough stuff to make you kind of worried. So uh, that that's kind of a, what's that old Philip Fulmer joke? Uh, anytime those guys touch the ball, one of the bands could be playing. You're just not sure which one it is. Uh, it, it, that could be one of those moments when those guys get in. And I think that, yeah, they, I think, yeah, I think Callaway is the, is the number two guy there. And, and we'll see how that goes for him. Yeah, we got a lot more to discuss here on this podcast, as you can hear Gus uh, with the mailman coming around this time of day. But it's a breaking news podcast. We can't wait. We have to bring this to you. So if the dog barks at the mailman, that's just how it goes. We're going to step away, talk about the defense when we come back. But before we do that, going to go pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, etc. And then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. During that commercial break, Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Patrick Brown coming to you from an undisclosed location somewhere in the greater Knoxville area talking Tennessee's depth chart. We had our, our normal Monday morning podcast that came out this morning, and uh, but we had to have a breaking news one here because the depth chart, we wanted to, we wanted to give you the Monday morning one. Uh, like normal, but but then the depth chart was going to come out right around lunchtime. So that's just kind of the way the schedule fell. We needed to come out and discuss this, uh, and we will. 
And uh, we'll have another couple more podcasts this week, at least one more uh, before the Thursday night opener against Ball State. And we will have our, our, our noob, Ben McKee, who we are incredibly excited about. He will be there uh, with us on the, uh, on the pregame podcast that we'll have recorded, get that to you. Uh, he starts with us Thursday, so maybe Thursday at like 12.01 Eastern a.m. is when we'll probably <laughs> release that one because Ben's excited to get to work. And we are excited to have him with us, so we'll probably get that out to you as soon as we can so you can have listen, time to listen to it before the game. And then we've also just kicked around some great ideas about some, some post-game stuff that – I don't want to make any promises yet because we're still ironing out the schedule, but we, we've got we got the skeleton or the bones here of a really, really good plan that's going to pump out some podcasts, and, and Ben can jump in and host too. Um, you know, if only – if I'm not around but he can get to it, then we can get to it quicker. We've got some really, really good ideas that we're kicking around, and we're really, really excited about that. But uh, before we talk about Tennessee's defensive depth chart, which we're going to get to, I will go ahead – and make this this request as we always do to open the second segment. Guys, please take a minute, maybe 75 seconds, maybe 90 seconds tops out of your day right now. Please, please, please go in there and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. If you're just listening on the website, that's fine. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. But what helps us out more than anything is if you go in there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world. You can cast the fine pod. You can find this Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. No complaints. Maybe a few, but but very, very few complaints from this end. Um, but I think since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask that you rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Good old-fashioned, uh, hey, you're, you're a Tennessee fan? Here's a podcast you might want to listen to. Please go do that. If you're already doing that, thank you. Uh, we love you. If not... Uh, I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Defense. Defense, defense, defense. There's a lot to discuss here about Allegedly Tennessee. wins championships. Yeah, allegedly wins championships, right? Offense wins games, defense wins championships. Not positive that's still the case maybe in, 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 this, in this era. Uh, sometimes just a freaking good offense can win you a championship probably in this era. Nonetheless, Tennessee has released its depth chart. Uh, there were also, uh, I count them, uh, three ors listed uh, in in that depth chart in terms of uh, those those eleven positions. Not not a not what I would call a a shock on any of those, but still some interesting things to discuss. And I think some really really interesting things uh, talking about the the second team, and then you go into the secondary. But the 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 first thing, other than looking at the secondary, which obviously was going to be the first thing all of us were going to look at. Two things that did surprise me a little bit, Pat. I did not expect to see Bryson Eason bracketed as a starter with Karat Garland. I thought they would have more of a defined one-two there. I also thought that there would be a defined uh, middle linebacker chart with Aaron Beasley one and Juwan Mitchell two. However, they are bracketed. We all thought there was going to be a bracket on the corner with Charles and Haddon. I think most of us thought that. But the other two oars, at least to me, were a bit of a surprise. Maybe not to you, though? Well, maybe a little bit because in the depth chart I projected – well, I think it was last week I had Garland starting at defensive tackle, Mitchell starting at, at linebacker, and I think I bracketed Charles and Haddon. If you're going by who's listed first, Garland and Mitchell are starting, and then so is Charles. Uh, I, I could see Haddon starting. It depends on how healthy he is. He had the, I think it was a hamstring deal in camp, so um, he was, uh, if he's full go, which he got back, and after the second scrimmage and, and seem to be doing fine. So um, I, both those guys will play. 
Um, it, it was interesting to me that they listed just about every defensive lineman on the roster. Yeah, just I about. I mean, I yeah. think only Jason Jenkins, just poor Jason Jenkins is the only scholarship defensive lineman that did get listed. They listed uh, Josephs and Pierce uh, at Leo behind Byron Young and Roman Harrison. Um, I'll be interested to see, does, does Josephs get on the field before, you know, if, if Tennessee gets up big in this game on Thursday night, do they get Josephs in before that? Um, I, I thought that they would rotate maybe five guys at defensive tackle. I think you could see, in addition to Amari Thomas, uh, Garland and Eason, along with Elijah Simmons and Dejon Terry. I'm not sure if we'll see Jordan Phillips and Amari McNeil, who are both listed on here. Um, and, and then the other defensive end spot, I do think it's interesting that Bumpus uh, and Dominic Bailey are listed uh, as co-backups to Tyler Barrett. Yeah. Uh, I probably would have put Bumpus ahead of, of, of Bailey. Maybe even Bailey. I think I even had Bailey and, and West bracketed uh, behind those two, but uh, I definitely think there could be some snaps to left over at that position because, as, as we've talked about with Bumpus with his knee, is he going to be a guy that's going to give you 35 snaps? Probably not. Maybe no. he plays around 20, yeah. uh, and, and there's maybe leftover 10 to 15 for for the for another guy there. Um, but we knew they were going to rotate there. I think the big question at the at the middle at the linebacker in, in the secondary is how much they're going to rotate and who they're going to rotate him because they've talked a lot about doing it. Uh, they did it to start the opener last season, but uh, will they follow through and, and will the staff follow through and, and trust more guys and have more guys earned the trust of the staff to, to turn that playing time? Yeah, I guess, you know, this is – there's a lot on this chart here, and again, which is an unofficial chart, but but they've officially released it, but it, it's fair to consider it an unofficial chart at the very least. I still, even though we heard some nice things about Jawan Mitchell in camp, there were still – just enough questions throughout the offseason that made me think they're just going to go with Banks and Beasley as a starter, and then Mitchell will kind of sprinkle in and, and if he earns it. But apparently he has done enough in camp to to have his name listed first. It is with an or under it, but he has done enough in camp. And I know physically, physically he, he he's going to give you probably more than Beasley does. Um, but I was still – that surprised me. I'm not surprised – we'll talk about the secondary men. I'm not surprised that Warren Burrell – I know a lot of people probably will be that he was listed as a starter. But I've said the whole time, he started every game last year. He's going to start this year. He's been around for like 13 years, and the coaches trust him. So whatever how – however you feel about Warren Burrell, he was going to be a starter. But uh, that that Mitchell Beasley thing, Pat, that did surprise me. Yeah, I, uh, I, both those guys will play. I, I do think Mitchell will start if I had to uh, to pick one. Uh, and I think that's how I had it listed in the depth chart. In the depth chart, I did. So uh, I guess I got to stick to my guns, right, Wes? Yeah, I mean, hey, you nailed that one. You absolutely <laughs> nailed that one. And I, every time you said it, I thought, I don't know about that. What's he seeing that I'm not seeing? You know, and and, and you obviously saw Man. more more accurately than I did because, or heard more accurately than I did because I continued to think it was going to be Beasley. Well, it could be wrong. I mean, I could be wrong. It could be Beasley that runs out there first. But um, again, I think both those guys will play. I'm interested to see, do they play the fifth guy? Because uh, they went into last season playing. Um, they they played two different groups with Beasley, Banks, Juwan Mitchell, and Solon Page. Yes. So do they do that again with that same four? Does does Pat Garland get in there? Uh, they've got both the freshmen listed there with Elijah Herring and, and Caleb Perry. Uh, both those guys are going to play on special teams to start out. I think Perry's a little bit more developmental, might need uh, – might need a year to, to really be able to help on de- uh, on defense. Boy, but he, he's athletically Her- he's athletically special but, though. But but Herring is a guy that you know if things keeps on down for him, I 
I think you could see his role expand sort of like you could with, with Joseph's and Pierce as, as they sort of get their feet wet and get adjusted to, to the speed of the game at this level. But, um, yeah, what this depth chart on defense, I think, reflects is that there are more options. Tennessee does have more guys that it, it probably can trust to play and get the job done. Um, and and we'll see how much of a drop-off there is. If you're a coach, you, you don't want a lot of drop-off. So um, it tends to to that point yet where at every position the, the backups got minimal drop-off, probably not. They haven't recruited well enough, and, and this is just the second year for this this staff. But um, that, that's what I see in, in that group, and um, obviously how many they rotate in the secondary as well. How's that for a segue? Yeah, there you go. Uh, the secondary, as we suspected, and I think most of us were, were guessing, Burrell listed as a, as as a starter at corner with D. Williams behind him. The other one is the Charles, Christian Charles and Kamal Haddon one that, that we sort of thought would be bracketed, and it is. For what it's worth, Charles' name is mentioned first, um, but we'll see how that goes. At star, Tamari McDonald does. Uh, he, he has exited uh, camp as, uh, as the number one star. That injury to Wesley Walker combined with um, – a really just a really good offseason, a really good camp from Tamari McDonald means the junior from Memphis will be the number one guy at star and Wesley Walker listed behind him. I do expect both to play. Um, so, so we'll see how that goes at safety. As we said all along, it was going to be tank McCullough and Trayvon flowers. And that's exactly what it is uh, with Ohio state transfer, Andre Turrentine bracketed with Jordan Thomas behind McCullough. And I'm telling you, I don't know if it's going to be this year, but I have heard a lot of good things about Jordan Thomas uh, athletically. That kid's got some some real, really dynamic ability. He's a really smart kid. He's a really confident kid. I I, I just you know I I like the I like the look of that one. I, I like the cut of his jib. I think he's going to be a good player at Tennessee. Uh, and then you got Trayvon Flowers listed as the other starter at safety with Danico Slaughter behind him, uh, and and Slaughter not listed in the pecking order at star because that's just McDonald and Walker there. Pat thoughts? Uh, well, I'll start on Thomas. They they do like him. I, I think he's he's in a good spot because he's going to get to learn from Flowers and McCullough, who played a lot of football at this level. Yeah. Uh, he's going to get to run out there and, and hit people on special teams. He's another guy that, that Mike Eckler mentioned as as maybe a core special teams guy. And uh, the example there is always Jalen Reese Maven, right? Guy yeah. that is, as a freshman played on on special teams, made an impact uh, there, and then parlayed that into a bigger role down the road. I guess, you know, Tamari McDonald has a great chance of, of maybe being the next guy, uh, example, if he takes this opportunity and continues to run with that. I would say just reading the initial reaction on, on the checkerboard on Goval's 24-7 this afternoon, most of the responses are about the secondary. Uh, the first one is, where is Brandon Turnage? Uh, that they, is I, I think we've I, I think we've hinted that, enough that that shouldn't have come as a huge surprise no something something with his with that injury he's coming back from was just he was a little he didn't have the offseason that some of the other guys had coming back from that injury and then also there's just some inconsistencies day to day not in terms of i i don't know if it's an effort thing or anything like that but i i think just in terms of pure performance he will wow you and then he will frustrate you and if you're in the secondary more consistency is what coaches are going to want yeah, and, and and to say that that we've touched on this, I think we did a a, a few podcasts ago. Ryan said he was a one of the more disappointing players. Yeah. Not to put it in in such black and white terms, but maybe didn't have the camp. Yeah, I don't like admitting Ryan was ever right, though. You know. Uh, yeah, it's true. Um, I, I don't want to give Ryan credit here, but um, 
and maybe disappointment's not really the word. He didn't have Turner didn't have the camp that some yeah. people thought he might come in. And, and the offseason, um, he also it, didn't have the offseason. The other guys, too. right? And but I look at the secondary, and I think it's this is what competition does, Wes. Like you have a situation where you get, you bring in Wesley Walker, and you think he's going to start, and Tamara Redonald has other ideas, and he goes out and wins that job. Uh, I, I think that listing as it is is has more to do with McDonald than it does with Walker. And um, I, I would say the same thing about guys like Walker Merrill on offense, guys that a lot of people did not think were going to be guys who right. could potentially be starters on this team. And he said, no, I, I beg to differ. Right. I mean, that's what competition does. And competition, it's the same thing at, at cornerback with, with D. Williams getting that, that nod uh, behind Burrell as, as maybe the fourth cornerback. And uh, I, I wrote an analysis piece last week that uh, I said my educated guess on the fourth cornerback would be D. Williams. And, you know, we heard William Martinez say they'd like to play three, maybe four corners. And, um, you know, I think we had mentioned that Turnage was closer to the other guys than he was to that sort of top three with with Burrell, Turnage, or Burrell, Charles, and Haddon. So um, that one's not not too much of a surprise. I am a little bit surprised that Turrentine is bracketed. Uh, I'm not sure that I buy that, but uh, I say that pointing out that Tim Banks really like pumped the brakes on Turrentine last week, yeah. um, saying that he's Described basically him as a, a freshman in our eyes. Yeah. So him saying that makes. Uh, if you add that context to what the way Turrentine is listed, then it maybe makes a little bit more sense. But um, that's, you know, again, who do they rotate? How much do they rotate? I think they're going to play three corners. I think Charles and Haddon and Burrell are going to be the top three guys at cornerback. Um, do they get a fourth one in there? Do they platoon? I don't know if they'll do that. They didn't really do that at the start of last season when they had Alante Taylor, Warren Burrell with Kenneth George as sort of the third guy there. Uh, and what do they do at safety? I, I think you could see both McDonald and Walker um, in the opener get meaningful snaps while the game is still not maybe out of hand. I agree. Um, but, you know, at safety, do they spell those guys? Does Slaughter and, and Turrentine get some snaps in the first half? Um, the, 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 that's a question I have at, at those positions as well. But, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of reaction, I think, to the secondary, and, and that's still a position group that, um, I mean, at this point of the preseason, everybody's got questions, right? You, you want to see what all these guys look like. We've been talking about them for eight months. Now what do they do when, when it, it's finally real? Um, and certainly I think that, you know, the secondary is one of the more interesting position groups where you want to see, A, how they play, and B, who all do they play, and, and how they sort of divvy out those those reps. And, and the last thing I'll say is that I, I, I think you, you will see a lot more guys than we're used to seeing in the first half provided Tennessee does what it thinks it should do in the first half. If Tennessee's got, you know, 14 nothing lead or 14-3 lead midway through the first quarter, if Tennessee's got a 21 to nothing or 21 to 3 lead early in the second quarter, then I think you'll probably see more of those guys out there because they'll be like, "Okay, we put them in there for a series. If the bottom falls out, it's it's all right." Whereas if it's, you know, a 14 to 7 or, you know, 21 to 17 game, something like that, then all of a sudden maybe things get a, a little bit different. And then what makes it really interesting is going to pit how many of those guys would be playing significantly in the first half. That's where I think you'll really see, okay, that's what the staff really, really thinks. Because the opener, uh, it's pretty easy to, to sprinkle guys in there and give guys reps and keep everybody happy, provided you play how you're supposed to play. But uh, it, 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 it could be a different story if things are closer than we think. Yeah, and I think Tennessee is still – close enough to uh that georgia state game i'm sorry to bring it up that us talking like they're gonna blow ball state out you know they still got to go out there and win win the game so 
Um, and, and, you know, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, I think it was Ben who asked Heupel on Monday about you have all, all this evaluation of camp. Does all that go out the window when you see what these guys do in a game? Um, and, and, and Heupel said they have a plan to play certain guys at, at different positions. And, and you want to see what, what guys can do. And um, it, it's important for, for coaches uh, the way that they are wired. They want to know that they can put a guy out in a game when it's real and a guy can get the job done. And so yeah. uh, that's why this depth chart could change and evolve and look very different in week two. And, um, you know, they may play a lot of guys in this game and then th- those numbers might start going down as they figure out who they can trust and, and who they can't. Yeah, I, I would say the, the, the rep chart will look tremendously different from week one to week two. Uh, and not just because of the caliber of the opponent, but the, ca- the caliber of the opponent combined with the reality of the situation, which is going from game one to game two. So I think there's interesting, I think there's a lot to chew on there. Not, not too many just shocking things on the depth chart, but some interesting things and things that we definitely needed to bring to you uh, since we were not able to get to that this morning in time because we didn't have the chart at that time. So I'm glad we were able to discuss it. I think we're at a good spot, unless you got anything else, Pat. You got anything else? I'm good. Let's kick it off. Let's go. Thanks, buddy. Bye, Wes. And there's the button. And now I can say, guys, thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. As always, we always say it, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want uh, just Tennessee news in your feed, nothing else, get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247 and you can get tons of stuff there throughout the day, all day, every day. But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the tap, go get that at govals247.com. The best site on all of Al Gore's internet to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, Basketball, basketball recruiting, uh, baseball, tons of stuff going on there these days, obviously. Lady Vols coverage, where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job all year covering all things Lady Vols for us all the time. we got two forums that run around the clock 24-7, as the name suggests. we got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with Tennessee fans across the world, pretty much every freaking time zone that exists we've got somebody there we got people up at different hours of the day we got all kinds any time of day anytime you go there you're going to find a bunch of people on there talking tennessee athletics talking sec stuff talking pro sports talking life advice with kids what to get spouses for their for anniversaries uh lawn maintenance just you never know what people are going to be talking about on there and it'll be anything that's not political or religious in nature anything else right there on the board for you to discuss and you can get all that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month after a seven-day free trial that is all that it costs and after you pay or get that seven that seven-day free trial after that you get us that that low rate that's one mediocre lunch per month but you don't just get go 24 7 with that you get access to paramount plus with that for free in perpetuity you also get access to a growing behemoth of a streaming platform that has every show cbs has ever done commercial free tons of exclusive stuff uh, that you can only find like you know 1883 picard evil star trek all kinds of stuff that you can only find on paramount plus you got new movies you got classic movies old blockbuster franchises you know comedies dramas horror everything stuff for the kids all of it 
all of it and stuff from the archives of, uh, of CBS, obviously, and MTV, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, Smithsonian, all of it, all of it right there. Something for the entire family and live sports, SEC sports, NFL sports. Uh, you got UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, Syria, French soccer, uh, PGA Tour. You get everything on there. And we, you get all of that and our site, all of it for just about 100 bucks and change a year. One of the best deals you can possibly find. And if you don't do it, I don't know what's wrong with you. Go do that. Don't be a fool. Go do that. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from, hear from us in a few days. So until then, uh, try to be good to each other. Try to have basic human empathy for, for people out there in the world. There's not enough of that these days. There's too many a-holes. We don't need that. Be good. See you. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.